Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. collapsed on my ottoman halfway through the game. Just so much adrenaline. And so now I have coffee. It's just going to be interesting. Um, hey, good morning. Real quick before we get into the message this morning, one announcement. If you are interested in going with us to Ethiopia, um, we're taking a missions trip to Ethiopia over spring break of 2018. If you would like information on that, we're having a meeting right after second service. We're going to try to start pretty quick. Um, so it will be about a 20-minute meeting. We will give you all the details, all the information. It's going to be an awesome trip. So if you would like to join us, make sure you are at this meeting. It is required. You need to be there. If you're not there, you know get to go. So make sure um, that you are here for that. Um, today we are starting a new series called um, Closed Captioning. And um, this is going to be a whole series about our ability to communicate because what I've understood and what I realized for a lot of us when it comes to our relationships, any relationship, we can talk marriage, we can talk friendships, we can talk parent-child, child-parent relationship, is that when our relationships start to get funky, our communication has gotten funky most of the time. And where there's a breakdown in our communication, there's a breakdown in relationships. And so next week I'm doing a, a, a topic, a sermon that I've never done before, but I'm talking about how do you give an apology and how do you receive an apology? Because some of you are, you just stink at apologizing and others of you, you can't accept an apology. I mean, somebody be sorry and be like, oh yeah, you are sorry. You are sorry. Um, and so we're going to be talking about this uh, next week. And um, it's going to be a really fun message. It's going to be a fun series. But if you know somebody that needs work on apologies, invite them with you. Don't tell them that's why, hey, you really need to work on your apologies. Come with me. Um, but even just communication in general, this is going to be a great message. And as we got going and as I started thinking about this, um, I started thinking about communication and, and the power of our words. And really where there seems to be a breakdown, and I wasn't planning on preaching the message I'm preaching today until Monday morning, um, and I started really hashing this out, is that most of the breakdown in our communication isn't talking because communicating is more than talking. Um, communicating is the ability or the willingness to listen and the willingness to talk. And most of us, where our breakdown happens is in listening, and today, it's not, I'm not going to preach a message about how do you listen to your spouse, how do you listen to your kids, um, even though that would be a great message, um, and maybe I should do that. But today, I want to talk to you about the topic, hearing aids and earplugs, and I want to talk to you about how do you hear the voice of God? How do you hear 
the voice of God. Now, there is a great book that's out right now. I like giving people resources um, to kind of supplement your walk with the Lord. And there's a book called Whisper by Mark Batterson um, that if you are looking for a new book to read, to engage in, to kind of strengthen your walk with the Lord, I would really recommend this book. Um, it is about 12 chapters long. It is, he's an incredible author. But literally, this is all about how to hear the voice of God. I'm 10 chapters through. I've got two chapters left. Um, and me and the staff are actually reading through this. We're starting it this week. It's just so good, I can't stop reading it. And so this is a phenomenal book. I, the reason I'm pushing this, I don't get kickbacks. Mark Batterson does not know me. Um, I, just letting you know, I like giving people resources to really enrich your walk with the Lord. And so if you're looking for that, this is a great resource for that. But as I started thinking about this, I started thinking about, man, hearing earplugs, hearing aids. And the purpose of hearing aids is to help us that we don't hear good on our own to aid us in hearing others and, and uh, the ability to hear other people trying to communicate with us. And I had a friend, um, and I still have a friend. He, we've just kind of grown apart because we live in different places in college and high school. His name's Jason Byers, and he is a great guy. He's a pastor here in uh, rural Oklahoma, and he is a phenomenal, phenomenal guy. And he grew up with a, a hearing impairment. He, he couldn't hear, and so he had to wear hearing aids. Now, when we were growing up, we, we were not super sensitive guys, right? I mean, we just weren't super sympathetic, and neither was Jason. And so Jason would always, like, dude, I can't hear you, and he would, like, have his hearing aid ups, and he'd be like, what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? He's like, I could hear you the whole time. And we're like, you stink, Jason. And so um, as a result, when we would get in chapel services, um, because when you go to Bible college, they have chapel services that you are required to go to. And I got to tell you, if you think all church services are good, I've been to a lot that aren't. Um, and so I was just bored to death, and I would bring a harmonica in during uh, worship, and I would play a harmonica, and I wasn't supposed to be. I was just out in the audience like you. would be like a guy playing a harmonica, um, just because I thought it'd be something fun to do, um, and it actually really was. But I didn't know how to play the harmonica. I was just blowing on it, just like, um, anyways, I'm totally chasing rabbits today. Um, the uh, we would be in chapel service and Jason would be sitting in front of like uh, one of my buddies named Jeff and Jeff would go up and he would turn his hearing aid all the way up while the music's going on and you could hear his hearing aids go and Jason would be like no and he would collapse and be like why you know and he'd start laughing um, but but what I remember most about Jason is that at nighttime if you had to go ask Jason a question he was early he went to bed early how many of you go to bed early like nine o'clock to me is early how many of you in bed at nine o'clock old I'm just playing um, but and they, you're like no you don't know how hard it is um, but the uh he would take his hearing aids out. And so you would be like trying to communicate to Jason, be like, Jason, and he's like, I can't hear you. Jason, you know, and you're, you're yelling at him and he would do something that always made me get tickled, but he would take his hands and he would go, what, what, what? And like you would talk to him, he'd squint his eyes, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to put your hands up to your ears like this real quick, real quick, because it works. It's crazy. Some of you aren't doing it. You're like, what is this? Um, I just wanted to see what I could get you to do or not do on this morning. <laughs> but <laughs> the power of the microphone. Um, but he, would, he, would, he was tuned out 
logistically, he couldn't hear, and so he would make himself tune in. And for some of us in this place, we need to tune out a lot of things, a lot of voices that are in our life so that we can tune in to the voice of God and what the Holy Spirit is wanting to speak to us. So this morning, I want to talk to you about how do you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? How do you hear the voice of God? And this really is a whole series that we're trying to condense into one message. And before I talk about how, I really want to give you the why. Because some of us may be like, well, well, why? Are you talking about like an audible voice, Justin? Because this is about to get really weird. Um, are you talking about like a burning bush experience that Moses had? Because that's totally going to freak me out if I walk up to my front porch and one of my bushes is on fire. It's like, Josh, stop. And you're like, ah. Um, you know, uh, here's the deal. Is that God uses, has an outside voice, but most of the time he uses his inside voice. And you and I, we got, as followers of Christ, if there's one thing I know that most people want to hear, it's the voice of the Holy Spirit, because the voice of the Holy Spirit, and it's our first point, brings direction and clarity to our life. It brings clarity and direction to our life. And if you ask Followers of Christ, what's the number one thing you want to know? You can ask people that don't even go to church, would you like to know what the will of God is for your life? Everybody says yes, and it's the number one need that people have. They want to know what's God's will for my life. I don't know what God's will for my life is. When I'm not talking about a teenager this morning. I'm not talking about a mid-high or a high school or college-age student where you're like, okay, that's understandable. I'm talking about 50-year-old, 60-year-old, 40-year-olds, 30-year-old men and women that don't know the will of God for their life. And can I tell you, the only way you and I find out the will of God for our life isn't by watching daytime TV or watching uh, Dr. Phil or anything. No, 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 no. It's not by watching culture. It's not by taking a a page from society and saying, well, this is what everybody else is doing and how everybody else is living, so this must be the way we should live. No, 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 no. It's by hearing the voice of God. Because when you take time to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to your life, speak to your soul, man, it brings direction and clarity for what you are supposed to be able to do. Because here's what happens, and I'm getting way ahead of myself, but I'm okay. Um, Here's what happens is for me, I get caught up in how God is going to do everything, right? Like if I'm Moses and he's called me to lead all the, the Israelites out of Egypt, I'm going, well, how are you going to do this? You know, I need, a, I need a step-by-step program here of how you're going to list this out. And if you would have told me you're going to send a bunch of frogs, you know, I'm like, nah, that ain't going to work. You know, is, I want to know how, but you and I are not called to know how it's going to happen. You and I are called to run after what? And if you and I can focus on what God has called us to do and we allow God to take care of the how, you're gonna find your life a whole lot, lived out a whole lot more with direction and purpose and clarity and a whole lot less confusion. The Bible says this in Psalms chapter 37, verse 23. It says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly and he delights in every details of their lives. The Lord guides or directs the steps of the godly. He he directs our steps. Now, when I used to read this verse, I thought the Lord directs the steps of the godly meant 
literal steps, like steps, like this is logical to me, boom, 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 boom. It makes sense, one, two, three, well, I'm there, one, two, three. Can, can I tell you, this is not what God is talking, this is not what the scripture is talking about. Um, it, it, God is not limited to your ability for it to make sense. The way he works very rarely, rarely makes sense to our finite mind. It's like we want God to work like this, and he's got the whole page to color with, right? He, He doesn't see a line. He just makes a masterpiece. But we want our steps to be ordered like this, directed like this, like I'm going to give you a step-by-step turn page like a GPS. Before I go, I pull out of the map and I want to see, okay, here's where I go. I'm going to turn in about 10 miles and I'm going to take another turn and I'm going to have a step-by-step direction. That's not not what and that's not how God works. You ever gone to a place where your GPS didn't work? You know, you didn't have a signal on your phone, and you're like, well, how do I get there, right? I don't know what to do now. I have no service, you know, and you're freaking out because you don't know how to get there, but you got a buddy that knows exactly where to go. And he's sitting shotgun, and he's telling you when to turn and slow here and slow there because you don't want to miss your turn. You're going to be turning here. That's what this scripture's talking about. doesn't say he gives you the next 10-year strategy for your life. He's not going to give you the next 20 20 turns that you're going to take concerning your life. He says, no, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. Let me direct. Let me command. Let me order. Some of us, that's how we grew up reading the scripture. And that word order in the Hebrew, that, that word means to make firm, to establish, to set your feet solidly. everywhere you go. And God doesn't want you to just haphazardly just kind of go through life. He's like, no, no, no. When I tell you to take a turn, you're going to take it, and I'm going to establish you there. And as you take another turn that doesn't make sense, it's not going to make sense, but I'm going to establish you there, and I'm going to make you firm, and I'm going to make you established in what you're doing. He orders the steps of the godly, and he delights in every details of your life. Psalms 119.105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Kind of goes along right with what we're saying. It's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You ever used a lantern, a lamp? You can't see way down the road. You can't see way down the path. You just can see for the next step and the next step and the next step. And, And here's why I truly believe that God does this. This is why I believe that God doesn't show us the whole picture because you and I can't handle the whole picture. It would be way overwhelming. We'd be like, I'm out. I can't do that. And so he says, man, just let my word be a lamp for your next step. And let it be a a lamp for your next step. Because what happens when you know that your next step is dependent on him, you gotta stay close and you gotta stay listening to him for the next step. Understand, the reason that we need to hear the voice of God isn't so we're some spiritual giant that says, oh, I hear from the voice of the Lord all the time. No, 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 it's so that you have clarity and direction, you know what God's will is. Like it says in Ephesians, don't live like the unwise, but the wise. Understanding what the Lord's will is for you. Making the most of every opportunity. 
You can't do that. You can't live that verse out. You can't live like the wise. You can't understand and own up to what God's will is for you making. You can't make the most of every opportunity if you don't know what it is. So how in the world do you hear the voice of the Lord? How do you hear the voice of God? The first thing I would tell you is this, is that you've got to reduce the noise. You gotta reduce the noise. How much noise is around you. The moment I wake up, there's noise. There's noise everywhere. We turn the TV on. We get in the car. We turn the radio on. You know, we, we get to work. Forget about it. If you expect it to be quiet, you know, you're interact, interacting with people. If you've got little kids, you've got noise. If you've got, you know, teenagers, you've got noise. You, there's, there's noise everywhere, and we wonder why we can't hear. It's because there's so much noise. I know Kenny Chesney has a song called Noise. Um, I wish I could sing it like him. No, um, but Isaiah 26, verse 3 says this, you keep him in perfect peace who mi whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You keep him, in, I love this verse, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Do you know how you keep your mind on him? You keep your ears tuned in and listening to him. Anytime we fly, uh, my family, uh, my girls have some headphones. We bought them for Christmas. They're, they're not like noise canceling, but they're nicer headphones. And they steal and they take my iPad. And I'm like, oh, that must be nice to have an iPad to watch movies right now. Um, what are you going to do, Justin? I guess I'm going to have to read this stupid book called Whisper. Um, but um, they, they'll, they'll watch a movie. And... Charlie has figured this out. Charlie's my oldest. She's 13, and she has figured out when she's watching a movie and she's got headphones on that her volume level is here when she's talking, and so she talks down here because she can't hear anything but the movie. And so when the Southwest you know, flight attendant comes around and says, would you like peanuts or pretzels? What would you like to drink? I always ask the girls, peanuts or pretzels? And Charlie's like, I'll have pretzels. And then there's Chloe, and Chloe go, every time, every time we have flown, what, what? <laughs> Peanuts and pretzels, Chloe. Peanuts, are they honey roasted? Then, then pretzels, pretzels. Pre I'll take pretzels with a Sprite, please. I mean, everybody, the, the business travel that is, is so overflying, right? He's like, oh, I hate flying. I'm not even gonna watch when we take off and when we land. I'm so overflying. It's so beneath me. He's like woken up and so annoyed because here's the deal is that Chloe is so tuned in, she's getting everybody else's attention on that plane and everybody's usually smiling and laughing. I'm like, you know, and here's the deal. She's so tuned in and there's no other noise coming in that when she speaks, everybody else hears her because she's tuned into just the movie and she thinks everybody else should be at that volume. Here's what I can tell you. If you will block out the noise, man, if you will live your life in a way that's not just about, you, there's a time to listen to others. But if you allow the voice of the Holy Spirit to be the loudest voice in your life, when you speak, others are gonna hear you. Man, when you act, other people are gonna take notice 
of your life because you're not living it and you're not acting and you're not, you're not speaking like the rest of this world and like the rest of this culture, but you're living and you're acting and you're speaking in the way that God is directing you. And I gotta tell you, it's gonna be a shock to the culture around you because there's gonna be something different about your life. It says this in Proverbs chapter four, verse 20 through 22. It says, my child, pay attention to what I say. <laughs> Listen carefully to my words, right? I feel like all of us, our parents have said this. Are you listening? Are, are, you, are you listening? Are you making eye contact with me right now, right? Because you talking, your kids are still looking at the TV or like totally zoned out. I, right here, right here, you know. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Don't, don't forget about them. Don't just put them and, and file them in. Okay, it's in the vault. It's locked in. No, 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 no. But let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. The plea of Solomon is this, is to listen carefully. Man, don't neglect it. Don't forget about it. Don't lose sight of it. But let it sink deep. Let it penetrate your soul. So that the promise is this, so that it brings life. If you remember when Jesus was here on earth, he said, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. Some of us, the reason our life isn't being lived out to the full, it's because we're not letting his words, we're not listening to the words that God wants to speak to us, and it's not penetrating fully into our soul. Man, let it be lived out. Now there's a, there's a story in the Bible in 1 Kings chapter 19 about a prophet named Elijah. Most of us know the story of Elijah and Mount Carmel. It sounds like a really yummy place in Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, but it's not that. Um, and Elijah's got this huge battle with a bunch of prophets of Baal. And man, Elijah, let's put it this way to condense it. We're talking the Justin Graves version again, the JGV, is that man, Elijah just shows up and God shows off. I mean, it just, God does an awesome, awesome thing and God's kingdom is established right then, right there, uses God, uses Elijah in an amazing, amazing way. And then Queen Jezebel comes up and is like, I'm gonna kill you, Elijah. And Elijah's like, no. He gets all freaked out and he runs away, right, from this. He's faced down hundreds and hundreds of warriors and prophets of Baal. But one queen comes and threatens him, I'm gonna kill you, and he runs off, right? And so Elijah goes to this cave and he experiences, for all you 70s people out there, earth, wind, and fire, right? There's, God tells Elijah to stand at the edge of the cave and, he's, and all of a sudden there was a, an earthquake that came, but the Lord wasn't in the earth, all of a sudden, a huge, strong wind blows, a nader, um, and a tornado, a wind picks up. I'm afraid no nader. And it comes in, and God's not in the wind. All of a sudden, there's a fire, and God's not in the fire, right? He's not in the earth, wind, or fire. But all of a sudden, he's in the still, small voice. When it gets quiet, when all the noise is done, God's in the whisper. I gotta tell you, whispering into somebody's ear, man, it's intimate. 
Um, I don't whisper in other men's ear because it's just too intimate. It's too gross. I'm like, no, no, we're not that close. No, no, we're not that close, bro. Um, back, back away. Um, I'm, I'm not going to talk to you. Now, my wife, I'm going to be like, come here, girl. I'm be like, Casey, come here. I, I got to tell you something. She'd be like, what, what is it? I'm like, closer, come closer. And she's still trying to stay away. And I'm like, come here. And I'll just, girl, you look good today. Shut up, Justin. Get out of my ear. You know, um, I, I like to whisper in Casey's ear. I like it when Casey whispers in my ear. Girl, man, um, I like the whisper. We're about to go into a whole new sermon series right now. Um, because it's intimate. It's close. Can I tell you, God wants to speak to you most of the time in the whisper. And that takes you getting close. That takes you bringing the noise down so that you can get close enough that God has your ear. So that he can have your soul. Second thing we've got to do if we're going to hear the voice of God is we've got to slow our pace. You thought I was going to say slow our roll. Um, slow the pace. I, I got to tell you, we gotta, we've got to learn to be still. And I am a walking contradiction when I speak this point because I am awful at being still. Um, I, don't, I wake up moving and smiling and I go to bed moving. I mean, my feet are just like, woof, 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 woof. I don't know why. I've done it since I've been a kid. I, I move. I, I'm a mover and I stink. I'm being still. I found out uh, today in first service, we have a guy that's got a test tomorrow, an exam, that he has to take an exam for eight hours. Can I tell you what that's called? That's called torture. Um, that is, I, I just could not, I could. If, if you made me be still and think that long for eight hours without moving, it's over. Game over. I'm done. I stink at being still. And some of us, we are really horrible at being still. Some of us, we're not, we like to be busy. We like to be active. We're going. And when people say, well, how, how's your life? Oh man, it's busy. I'm slammed. Why? Because it makes you sound important, right? Busyness is the new cool. It's what our culture says. Oh, you, you know, you, when's the last time you said, hey, how's life going? Oh man, you know why? I'm just really still. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I, things are quiet. I'm taking down the noise, and I'm just, I'm just still, and life is good. Here's what would happen, okay? If somebody said that in church, you must be like, well, he must be lazy. It must be nice to be her. I wish I had her. And you know, we would just, we would be super, super like, oh, wow. Must be nice to have your life, right? And yet we're called to be Still, says this in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 through 14. It's Moses. He's leading the Egyptian, I mean the Israelites out of Egypt, and they're trapped, right? Because God took him and he ordered his steps in a way that didn't make sense. Go back and read it. It's actually the long way to the Red Sea. It makes no sense the way that God was taking him, but God's direction was his set was setting Moses up um, for a bigger, a bigger and better story to be played out. And so Exodus 14, chapter thir verses 13 through 14, it says this. Moses answered the people, because the people are griping. Why did you ever take us out of paradise? I know we were slaves, but it really wasn't that bad. And yet it just said, you know, before that, that the people had been moaning for hundreds and hundreds of years. They were whipped. They were tortured. They were killed. And all of a sudden, they were like, it wasn't that bad. It was all right. 
You brought us out here, Moses. Way to go, Mo. And so Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm, and the only way you stand firm is if you allow God to order your steps. Oh, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And verse 14 says this, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Can I tell you, if you don't hear one thing, anything else today, listen, listen, listen. Just because you learn to be still does not mean that God is being still. I, I used to mistake that if I'm still, it means that God isn't active and not working in my life. But God just wanted Moses and he wanted the Israelites, his people, to understand it's not about you doing, it's about you being. And if you don't learn to be, eventually you will not do for me because you will forget the reason you are doing ministry, you are doing my will, you are doing my purpose in the first place because you never took time to be. You just learned to be busy, but you never learned to be busy doing the right thing. There's so many of us, we're running from relationship to relationship, from employment to employment, trying to find that significance, trying to find that purpose, trying to find that fulfillment, and you're never gonna find it in another person, you're never gonna find it in the next job, you're never gonna find it in the next relationship, but you'll find it when you take time to be still and allow yourself to hear him, because I gotta tell you, man, Listening doesn't happen on accident. It doesn't happen by chance. It always happens on purpose. And if you and I are gonna listen, we have to listen on purpose. We have to be intentional about listening. It's like when you're driving to a new place and you're looking for the place to turn and you're looking for the place to turn and the GPS series talking to you and you slow down, right? You go slower because when you slow down, it helps you listen for some dumb reason. I don't know why. We all do it. We're like, what, 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 what'd she say? Everybody, be quiet, I can't hear her. Shut up. And you finally hear where to turn and you're turning. Man, slow down so that you can hear the voice, so you can hear the whisper, so you're not engaged in doing things that God has never called you to do in the first place. You're just doing them because everybody else is doing them that's a follower of Christ. God is, not, God is not in the business of making clones. He's busy in making you his disciple. Some of you, you need to take time to be still so that you can hear the whisper of God. It says this in Psalms 46, verse 10. It says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. This is coming right out. Previously, what this was talking about was war and battle. And when this is saying, be still in the Hebrew, it's saying, man, surrender your weapons. Lay down your weapons and surrender and when you learn to let that down, when you learn to stop fighting and stop battling and start doing it, stop doing it all on your own, when you learn to surrender it all and you learn to be still, then you can know, which means to recognize or to understand, then you can recognize and understand that I am is God. He's Lord of it all. But you have to lay down your weapons. 
You had to stop fighting so that you can understand. When that stillness hits, man, then you understand. Man, he really is God of it all. Psalms Psalms 130 verse 5 says this, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. The third way and the biggest way I would tell you that you hear from the Lord is that you get in the word. You get in the Bible. You hear from the Lord. Psalms 119 verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, this comes, I love this verse, and I could not preach this verse at a better time in the year. Um, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Many of you this week, you went trick-or-treating, right? You went and did Halloween. It's okay, you don't have to be ashamed, right? I, I dressed up like ketchup, and my youngest daughter was dressed up like mustard, and we put mustard packets in every kid's package, just like, here you go, happy Halloween. Like, I don't want mustard. And Chloe's like, it doesn't matter, happy Halloween, it's free. Um, <laughs> here's the deal. We went with our kids because we're devoted parents. We don't want them running around the neighborhood, and especially you with little kids right now that's about to get real personal. And when you come back, you're like, oh, Oh, we need to sort your candy, kids, right? Right? Got to make sure there's no razor blades in that candy bar because everybody does it. Never. You heard it because your parents said, well, we got to make sure there's no razor blades in that candy bar, right? And so now you do it. And here's the deal. We say, okay, let's, let's pour out all your candy. And you're looking through it, and as they're sorting through and they're excited, you're like, I'm going to eat that one when they go to bed. I'm going to eat that one when they go to bed. I'm going to eat that one when they go to bed. I'm going to eat that one when they go to bed. I got to tell you, I tell my kids, I'm like, hey, there's tithing in the Graves' house, and you're going to be tithing on that candy. Bring the whole tithe in, right? But the truth is this. Not all Halloween candy is created equal. It's true. You hand me a Laffy Taffy. Take that back, kid. I don't want to go Laffy Taffy. The best candy in the Graves household is right, the cream de la cream. The number one is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Oh, mm. you get a pumpkin Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, and Jesus just blessed your whole life. It is. I don't know why the pumpkins and the Easter egg Reese's peanut butter cups, it's like the perfect amount of peanut and chocolate, and it's amazing. The second one is peanut M&Ms, right? Like, yo, this is actually Chloe's candy. So if you are like, I'm gonna eat all that afterwards, my daughter will attack you like a wolverine after this service. Um, Peanut M&Ms, and then somewhere between like third place, it's got to be either the Snickers or the Kit Kat or Butterfinger, somewhere in there, right? And we, we, we look through all this stuff, and we're like, ooh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat that, 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 and that. But you're not cruel. You're not going to eat it in front of them, right? No. You're going to grab it, and you're going to go over here and hide it. Somewhere where they don't know it is, you're going to hide it so when the mood is right, and by mood is right, when they go to bed, you're going to go back and you're gonna get their candy, and you're gonna pull it out, and you're gonna have you a candy diabetes feast. That's what you're gonna do, right? And you're gonna have a sugar hangover, and you're not gonna be able to go to bed. Man, that sugar just hits me like it didn't used to hit me when I was a kid, because you're old, and I'm old. And we're like, sugar, woo! (laughs) Here's the deal, you can't pull out what you don't, you can't hide what you don't first possess, and you can't pull out what you haven't hidden. 
And the word of God is the same way. You can't hide what you don't possess, what you don't put into your life. You can't hide God's word if you're not in God's word. If you're not reading God's word, you can't hide it and pull it out when, the, when, when that situation, when that circumstance, you need the word of God. If you haven't taken time to get in God's word, you can't and this is huge. You and I need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And the biggest way that God wants to speak to you is through his word. It's through the Bible. And I'm not just telling you this as your pastor because I'm supposed to be speaking on the Bible. The reason I don't preach my opinions but I preach the word of God is because you need something a whole lot more reliable and solid to build the rest of your life on than Justin Graves' opinion. You need the word of God to build your life on. And if you're going to hear from him, if you're going to hide God's word so that you don't take a wrong turn, you got to be in it so that he can speak to your life. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word of God is alive and active. It's not just an old book. It's alive. It's the way the Spirit, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to your life. It's alive and active. But is it alive and active in your life? This, for a lot of us, we have the Bible. We have the Word of God at home or with us this morning. But the only time you hear the Word of God is when you're here on Sunday mornings. And i got to tell you, this is a great supplement to your faith, but this is not supposed to be the main course. The main course is by yourself early in the morning being in the Word of God so that it can be alive and active in your life on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, on Sunday, that it's alive and active. But a lot of us treat the Bible like we treat our gym card, right? Oh, I got a gym card. I don't know why I'm not getting skinnier. I don't know why I'm not getting any buffer. I don't know why I'm not any healthier because I got a gym card. You know the only way a gym card is useful is if you use your gym card to go to the gym. It's not going to make you, I got one. It doesn't make you lose 15 pounds just because you got a gym card, right? Woo! I'm on my road. No, the road is when you check into the gym with your gym card and you activate it and you make it alive and a presence in your life. Can I tell you, that's the word of God. It's alive and active when you allow God to use it in your life. And he wants to speak into your life and he wants to make it alive. And your word your word, God, is a lamp unto my feet. How does God direct the steps of the godly? Through his word. Through, through, through the word of God. A lot of us, man, we don't remember the last time we allowed the word of God to be active and alive in our life. Anytime a situation hits, anytime a circumstance hits that we don't understand, we just lose it because we can't pull out God's word because we never possessed it to hide it in the first place. As your pastor, hear me. Hide God's word in your heart. Man, let the word of God be alive and active 
in your soul. James says this, James chapter one, verse 22, and I'm closing with this. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. He probably would have said, read God's word, but back in this time, they did not have Bibles like you and I did. They did not have, like for for them to think of owning the word of God, the scriptures, would be mind-blowing to them. They're like, are you kidding? You get your own Bible? Are you for real right now? Because they had to go to the temple every day to listen, to hear the word of God because nobody had enough money to own the word of God because it was handwritten. And so for, for them to think, oh, you have your own Bible and you're not reading it? Are you kidding me right now? Right? And so he said, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. And I gotta tell you, for a lot of us, this is where we struggle. We know what the Bible says, but we don't do what the Bible says. One thing we believe here at Foundations Church is that growing equals changing. And some of you people, maybe you've been going for, to church since this place has opened almost a little over nine years ago. Maybe you've been going to church your whole life, but you know what? The last five, the last seven years of your life, there's been no change. Can I tell you, it's probably because you've gotten really good at listening, but not really good at doing. You've gotten good at the instruction, but there's no application. Man, when we can get, when we can, information plus application equals transformation. I say it all the time. When we get the information and we put application to it, man, it transforms our lives. And James says this, don't, don't just know it. Don't just hide it. Don't just put it away. Don't just let God order your steps, but actually follow the orders. Follow the direction that he is speaking to your life. Because if you don't, it's just fooling yourself. Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers. Don't just hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. But if your life and my life is going to be lived to the full, hear me, it's not to keep you from fun. It's not to keep you from having a great time. It's to keep you from regret. It's to keep you from mistakes. And it's to keep you from a lot of heartache that you wish you could go back and redo. That's why he's saying, don't just be hearers, but be doers. Don't just listen to the voice of God, but let's follow it, and let's be doers of his word. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for today. And Lord, we come before you, and God, I ask that you would speak to our lives. Lord, there's some of us that were here this morning, and the reality and truth is that we just haven't allowed your voice to be active in our life. Lord, I imagine almost all of us here want to hear your voice. We want to know your will. But Lord, the only way we get clarity and direction is by hearing the voice of the Spirit. And the way you speak to us most of the time is through your word. And so God, I pray that we wouldn't just learn to tune out the noise. Lord, there's so many that we are living our life to please others instead of trying to live our life for an audience of one, our Heavenly Father. And so, Lord, I I pray that that we would reduce the noise of trying to be this people pleaser that everybody else likes and that, God, we would just tune into you so that our life is lived out in a way that makes an impact 
that has lived to the full. Lord, I pray that we'd slow down, that we'd be still, because listening doesn't happen on accident. It happens on purpose. But God, that we would allow your word to be alive and active. God, that we would be students of your word once again, students of your written scriptures again. And the Lord, we wouldn't base our life on our emotions or on the newest trend or what our friends are doing, but we would base our life on the timeless scriptures of God that still wants to speak to us and help direct our steps because you care about the very details of our life. Lord, the little things are still big things to you. And so, God, I pray that it wouldn't be this fight, that we wouldn't just listen to your word today. But God, we would be doers. We would let the information meet application. And that, Lord, it would transform marriages, it would transform homes, it would transform kids, it would transform parents, it would transform the way we operate and work in our workplace, the way we operate and work when we're just hanging out with our friends, Lord, that it would bring transformation to our life. Lord, let us, as your word says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what you're saying. If Man, if you can hear, really tune in, tune out all the noise, and really tune in to what I'm saying. God, I pray, speak, and may we be faithful doers of your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you say, Justin, I'm here. And the truth is, I've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. We want to give you that chance. You may be here, and maybe, maybe you just aren't at the right place in your relationship with God. This past week, I was reading in my personal devotions about David and Bathsheba, and in the process of it, I'm, I'm reading the very beginning of the story where David, you know, has an affair with Bathsheba and kills Uriah, his wife, that they were friends, they were boys, they went to battle. It's one of David's mighty men. These were good friends. But the whole place that it all started is at the very beginning of that chapter, it said, in the springtime when kings went off to war, David stayed in the palace. He was at a place he had no business being and it led to engaging in things that he had no business engaging in. And God spoke to my heart, Justin, if you will just stay at the right place, most of the time you will stay engaged in the right things. But the moment you allow yourself to start drifting to the wrong place, it's not long before you start drifting into the wrong things. This morning, maybe that's you. Maybe you're just drifting to the wrong place. You say, man, I just need to come back to the right place this morning. I'm gonna count to three, and if that's you, I want to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. Would you raise your hand right where you are? You just say, Justin, that's me. There's one and there's two. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. Yeah, I see you. There's three, there's four. You say, Justin, that's me today. Man, I just want to join these four hands that are lifted. Because, man, yeah, I see your hand. Is there anyone else? Five hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. Man, I just want to engage in the right thing because I'm not at the right place. I'm not in the right place. And I need to come back home. Is there anyone else before we end service today? If you're one of the five people that raised your hand, if you repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart, Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I, I turn away from the life that I was living 
man, to chase after the life you have for me, to come back home. So I ask that your love and forgiveness would enter my life. Jesus, I confess you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give these five people to raise their hand a huge round of applause? Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.